be able to call the play? Yes, sir. 22 rocket on hit. 22. 22 rocket. I can't hear you. 22. I can't hear you. 22. 22 rocket. Your QB1 of the Dillon Panthers. Your teammates, if they can hear you, they will believe in you. Now you let it out until it hurts. You understand me? 22. 22 rocket. What's your name? Matt Saracen. What's your play? Who we want? Who do you play for, Saracen? Dylan How much do you want this? I want How much do you want this? I want it. Then take it. Uh, uh. Oops, 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 oops. I'm cutting up. Welcome back to Taylor Made, a Friday Night Lights podcast. My name is Joe Bettner, and joining me for our season one recap extravaganza, we have not come up with a name. We'll get to that later, but I am joined by Spencer Davis. Hello. Spencer, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited. We've we've got this structured out. It's going to be uh, an award show of sorts here for uh, season one of Friday Night Lights, just season one today. Fitting for me and Spencer's formal wear, um, he is wearing basketball shorts and a collared shirt. I am also wearing a collared shirt and jeans that I'll be wearing to cover a high school football game tonight. Look, this is this is why it's a podcast, right? Like we're not we're not on video. We don't have to be dressed dressed up here. I'm just giving the people a picture of what we look like <laughs> because this is very on brand. I think for the both of us. I mean, I, I, I showered a couple hours ago. Like, I'm Same. feeling good me, about me myself here. Yeah, the shower helps. The shower, the shower definitely helps. Showers are good. <laughs> Hot take. Showers are good. But hey, you know what else was good, Spencer? Season one of Friday Night Lights. I can't believe we're here recapping everything that has happened. We'll be doling out some awards to the fine people of Dillon, Texas, and within the surrounding areas. I don't know if there's any other... I don't really know if there's any re- reoccurring characters I mean, outside of Dylan. I mean, I guess if you want to give a, a heat the heat check award to Mac Brown potentially, probably probably Who's not, not go- playing Mac himself. Is that what yeah, we decided? Yeah, he's he's technically according to his IMDb is not playing himself, and I don't believe that Tim Riggins' father will be getting the heat check either. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. Oh. But um. Let's begin here, Spencer. You want to lead off? Uh, I've got some nominees here. Start off with Best Actor. I'm excited. Uh, nominee number one, Brad Leland, who plays Buddy. Hell yeah. Uh, Kyle Chandler, who plays Coach Taylor. Gaius Charles, who plays Smash. And Taylor Kitsch, who plays Tim Riggins. Now, I made the I, I made the list of nominees, so I'm going to give you the opportunity to add a, add a write-in if you want to. Well, as I said, before we go any further, we would do want to say, when we say actor, we are talking strictly male actors. We are not... Oh, yes. This, <laughs> we, the actress award is next. Yes. <laughs> just want to make that perfectly clear because, you know, a female actress could also just be called an actor. But anyway. That's just... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah the Oscars, right. it's actor. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone really is probably in too big of a role to deserve it because I don't think... No disrespect to Maddie Magic and yeah. Landry Clark. Um. They Jesse have, Plemons did do pretty well. I mean, you you don't become Todd on Breaking Bad without without being Landry Clark. No. That's just a natural progression for for old Plems. 
Um, you know what? I'll, I will add Jesse Plemons on here. Um, <laughs> I sold him on it. Round out the top five. Um, I don't believe that the actor who plays Matt Saracen should uh, should be here. I don't disagree. Mainly, he I was think, fine, but he—I mean—he wasn't asked to do a whole lot, right? Like, if we were the playoff committee and like someone on the teleconference was asking us, like, why wasn't Matt included? I, my answer would be his accent wasn't consistent enough. <laughs> if he would have, honestly, if he would have like been locked in every episode for twenty-two, yeah. all twenty-two, maybe he's here. Maybe he also—I mean—he's a young guy. Like there are most of in both actor awards, it, it skews uh, to the older, you know, the the adults in the room. Um, which but also makes sense, his but. strength of schedule not great. Like you said, didn't wasn't yeah. asked to do too much. He was just he. Maddie Magic is even keeled. Like that's yeah. the character, and I think uh, we should at least say his name. What's his, I, for, I forget his name. I know it. One, oh, Zach Gilford. Zach Gilford. Yeah. Um, I was going to say like, I think he has stronger appearances in later seasons too. I sometimes zone out and I can see the Friday night lights theme in my head. (laughs) And I was like, the song was playing and I was like, okay, Zach, no, I got it. (laughs) Um, so let's talk about the, talk about the five. We can, um, we've already kind of touched on Landry. Landry has some really serious moments. And I think that kind of toward the end, uh, we see a lot of good out of Landry. The one thing that I think Landry does have going for him, and this might just be, a benefit of the system that he's in. And I'm not trying to make too many football comparisons. No, but I feel like of, of the characters and I, I would also put buddy Garrity in this as well, but Landry Clark feels like a kid from a small Texas town. That's just kind of mad at the world and is, you know, he cares about football a little bit too much to fit that the mad at the world. Do you think Landry think. cares about football? He goes to every game. Yeah, but he, he's... He's always talking to Matt, uh, you know, coaching Matt through plays at uh, the Alamo Freeze. I think he just is loyal to Matt. Yeah. And I think also, what else is he going to do? That's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, in Dillon, Texas. Um, yeah, I, I think he had a great season. Because um, all the bad stuff aside with, with, with Tyra's uh, assault at the restaurant, the minute he had different plans on a Friday night, yeah. it was like, bye, Matt. Yeah, that's true. Um, speaking of the assault, I mean, the, the best scene from Jesse Plemons the whole season is him crying in Tammy Taylor's, yeah. uh, office, I think. Um, also him like yelling at Tim Riggins on those bleachers about like, read the book. Incredible, <laughs> incredible stuff. <laughs> really, really good stuff there. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's a contender. I personally don't think that Taylor Kitsch is a contender. You don't? I thought he did. I thought he played it pretty well. He does a Especially lot. Especially considering the accent is, he hides it pretty well. Yeah, for the times. most part. Yeah. I think that you you could make the case that there, there are times where his performance is weaker just because he's not really put in a position where he needs to talk a lot. And yeah. a lot of what he does and a lot we, what we read off of Tim are his actions and what he's doing. Yeah. It's not like he's putting together thoughtful scenes. That's true. Um, I mean, you know, you think about all his scenes with Lila. There, there's quite a bit of chemistry there. Um, but he was drunk a lot. So, <laughs> like, if you're playing a drunk teenager, it's hard to – you can't be engaged. It's like, probably, the whole point is for you to not be engaged. Yeah, and it's probably hard to hone in on that and uh, and to, like you, like you said, to – 
to really, I guess, capitalize on your acting skills because I don't probably, I would assume maybe it's not the hardest thing to, it's maybe not the hardest job of some no. of the other people. Yeah. I, I, I think he, he made my list because he's one of the, you know, he's acting one of the teenagers. I think he had a higher degree of difficulty hiding the Canadian accent. But, um, yeah, he didn't have, he, he didn't have quite enough now, range. I if guess. you want to talk, I mean, if you want to talk, if we're going to kind of, Say Matt Saracen should be punished a little bit for having a weak strength of schedule. Tim Riggins has a lot of things to deal with. Yeah. And part of that is the accent is, you know, he does a really good job. I think for the most part of selling this, you know, small town, Texas kind of troubled teen that has a drinking problem and (laughs) has a sex addiction and (laughs) just a lot of different things going on. But, um, he, but he is at kind of at the center of a lot of big issues. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it's, I, th- I do think he does a good job. And the more, I guess we kind of talk it over about what he's able to do with his character is probably why he's yep. up for this award. Um, that- S- smash is sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but like good. smash is an interesting one. Well, that's what I was going to okay. transition straight into Gaius Charles here. I mean, I, other than somebody in the best actress category, I don't want to spoil the nominee, a top two uh, teenage actor on the show, I think, in terms of what Smash did. Like, you know, the range of emotions that he had to go through in this season and, you know, always smiling, that sort of stuff. But then also, you know, he has the steroid thing and he has the fight with his mom and just he, I, I feel like he has a lot to do. He does. I think that his more emotionally draining parts are what make him so good and so memorable because I can see him and hear him yelling at his mother and going basically ballistic because he thinks his football career is going to be over if he doesn't take steroids. There are times where I feel like he oversells himself and maybe that's just because that's who smash is. He's an over the top egotistical football player I do think he is carried a lot, quite a bit through the passion that he brings as far as the the household issues that he deals with, and as well as the racial equality yeah. um, ideas that he, he pushes for. Um, and I, I, I feel like Smash has a really strong, I guess what I'm trying to say, he has a really strong second half to the season once we're kind of past the steroid stuff. Yeah, get into the Mac McGill stuff and... But I mean, he also, I mean, we, we have, I think it was an early episode where he goes back to his hometown, essentially. Yeah. Um, I thought that was, you know, it was a good, good episode from him. And the way he deals with Waverly is important to note here, because I do think probably when you get down to who Smash is, he is a very loving, he, he has a very, he very much so has a tender side to him that is probably in more of Charles's wheelhouse as far as being an emotional actor and playing into that drama. Mm-hmm. I think that, cause I mean, he has quite a bit of experience of, you know, doing TV and I would assume that he's probably not having to, to hone in on being star football player too yeah. much and talking to himself in the first person. Yeah. I do love the scene though. And the, the one thing that really does help him, I think quite a bit is, not only does he really do well with those dramatic scenes, he's also quite a bit of comic relief. He is, yeah. I mean, that's what I was saying. Like, he's always always smiling for the most part unless he's 
in trouble. Like I can't, other than the fight with his mom, the confrontation in coach Taylor's office, whenever his mom found his steroids, he was smiling pretty much every other time. Right. Other than maybe some Waverly stuff, he wasn't smiling, but a lot of the other times he's playing, you know, talking about himself in the third person and he, he pulls it off. I mean, it's, which is tough to do, I think for a, you know, you're playing a 17 year old kid. That's all about himself. And, but he pulls it off in a way that makes smash endearing. I, yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think part of that is like probably a lot of people and a lot of young kids, you put a mask on for a lot of people. You don't want people to understand, I guess your feelings and how you think about the world. And you get, you have a very complex character. There's a lot more to Smash Williams than I think we probably, than I give him credit for. I think you're giving him plenty of credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I can't talk. I'm just mumbling here. Um, as the series progresses, I think we'll see more from him is what I'm trying to say. I'm excited for but, it. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Chandler, probably the odds on favorite, right? I would think that Vegas would put him. Pretty good Like odds. a minus 300 favorite to win this award? Yes, because yeah. we all know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it means you got to... When I say we, I mean myself, but yes, <laughs> I get you. Um, yeah, awesome. I mean, Coach Taylor, very consistent. You don't have to worry about the accent stuff. He has to interact with almost every character on the show other than like Tyra, basically, and Waverly. Like other than, you know... I don't know, because you've got the family and then you've got the football team, and that's pretty much everybody on the cast other than uh, – and he even interacts with Lila a couple times, I think. And so that's pretty much everyone on the cast other than Waverly and Tyra. I can't imagine him talking to Tyra or Waverly. Kind of like that scene with Smash talking with Lila. It was kind of a weird out-of-place moment where it didn't feel right. Yeah. And I can't really imagine Coach Taylor doing it with those two characters. <laughs> but I do think you're spot on. Eric brings it quite a bit, and I think that, and this isn't so much a character analysis. Analysis, I think, right? This is yeah. more just based on just yeah, pure just acting. the actor. Yeah, we're gonna I, get into characters later. I was gonna say because Eric, as as much as I do love him, he has some lower points. Not super bad, but just there are some things as that a you character. Do. Yeah, as a yeah, character, yeah. you don't love. Yeah, as an actor, I think he plays up to it pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I think that is he. I think one of the key questions we all have to ask for a lot of these characters, and I think for any TV show you're watching, not just in this podcast discussion, but is he is he believable as a Texas high school football coach? Is he in shape? Is he like too much in shape? Is that a yes? <laughs> I didn't want to. Point we never that, see him working out, but like I don't want to point that he should be much. He should have less hair and he should be probably yeah. not that good looking or definitely not that good looking. Definitely not as like well rested as he seems to be for most of the season. I mean, there's some stressful times now I could see but. like imagine an alternate universe where uh, Kyle Chandler is playing like the villainous, like offensive coordinator, like the young hotshot. Um, I could see him do it. Like he would be, he kind of reminds me a little bit of like, pre-head coach Lincoln Riley, just in terms of just like yeah. young-looking dude who looks like he has a lot of energy. I have a question for you. Okay. Could the actors who if, – if, if you switch the actors who play Coach Taylor and Mac McGill and you have like the Mac McGill character be like a young and up-and-coming guy being like, you know, like, 
I'm I'm ready for this job. But like you switch the actors. So Mac McGill is married to Tam, married to Connie Britton, and Julie's their daughter. Yikes. Like, does that, does it work at all? Like, cause Mac McGill is what a high school football coach looks like. Yeah. No, Mac McGill, they casted him super well. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be, as much as they borrow from Pflugerville high school in the nearby Austin area, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a Pflugerville coach <laughs> prior to his acting. Not even an actor. He's just, <laughs> they were just like, can we also take him with us? He looks really good. <laughs> um, I, I think for aesthetic purposes, it would make a lot more sense. But I think in the purpose of this TV show where everyone kind of needs to be somewhat pretty, yeah, it doesn't probably work too well. Yeah. Or you, you can't. Mac you, McGill's not pretty. <laughs> no. You can't. He's also racist, which is the ugliest trait well, you can have. <laughs> I mean, yes, he was racist, but in 2005 on NBC. Which also pretty spot on for a high school football coach. <laughs> Hey, oh, that's, you said that, not me. I'm kidding. Um, man, yeah, what? I don't know. Cal, he did great. Chandler did great. Um, odds on favorite for sure. It'll be interesting to see how the ballots are counted. Um, you want to talk about the man who plays Buddy Garrity? Mr. Uh, I, always Brad, want, I always want to talk about Brad Leland. Mr. Brad Leland. I could have um, a Brad Leland podcast. He is in the conversation to be the LVP of this entire series. And he's also in conversation to be the best actor in this entire series, I think. I think that's super fair. I mean, as far as acting goes, kind of like what I was saying about Landry Clark. And I, th- I mean, I might have said this already, but I think that of all the people on the show that are very believe- believable. Um, and I, I've kind of taken this idea from, I think it was Bill Simmons. It's called the, I don't know if it's actually called this, but I'm going to call it the Vinny Chase theory about Entourage. You've seen Entourage, right? Okay. Entourage, somewhat of a bro fest of a show. It's kind of like if Wolf of Wall Street was a TV show, this would be it. Got it. Um, Like ballers? Yeah. It's it's ballers, but with actors. Instead of Um, athletes? Yeah. Got it. Anyway, um, the one flaw of that show is that the main character and it's about it's supposed to be about like a superstar actor. The one thing that really hinders that show is that their main character is not believable. He's not believable as like an A-list actor. And I think that that's why I bring up the Eric Taylor thing. Yeah. Does he have some Vinny Chase theory? And You mean Bradley Lind? Well, I was talking about Oh, gotcha. But gotcha. I was that's why I brought it up with Eric. Yeah. With Brad Leland, it's the opposite. No Vinny Chase theory. Yeah, He's very believable. Very believable as a Texas high school football booster. We should call this Brad Leland theory. When <laughs> the you, Brad Leland theory. <laughs> when, you really, when you really look like what you're supposed to. Like when you can sell yeah. everything about him. And he's written really well. And probably, I do want to say, because we're talking about like sh- strengths of what you're doing and what you're being asked to do. Brad... I mean, they're like, they're, they're throwing a lot at Brad. Like they're just checking downfield at Brad, uh, streaking down the sideline and hoping he catches it. And he, for the most part, delivers every time. I mean, the only qualm that I have with his character is that like, remember when he left the middle of the game to go underneath the bleachers to like console Lila? Yeah. But then whenever his marriage was falling apart, all then all he cared about was football. I don't know. It was a little bit of inconsistency there, but like Bradley Lynn, the actor still nailed it. Like every scene. I mean, even like, remember when 
you know, he's trying, Matt's trying to get his dad a job at the dealership and Bradley, you know, but he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Come here. Come here. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll get you set up for sure. And just like sold it pretty well and tried. And I don't know. I, I thought it was obviously really good. No, I think he is to your, that argument. I feel like we've had, maybe had that conversation a little bit already. I think, that in the midst of his family falling apart, that Buddy Garrity, Buddy Garrity kind of finds himself even more so being obs- He's already obsessed with football. Yeah. But I think he's like trying to mask everything that's going wrong with him in his life because everything was pretty good. Yeah. He's probably still cheating on Pam when he's con- consoling Lila. There's a, probably a decent chance that, yeah. that that had been going on for a while. So he's like, yeah, you know, I've got my wife. I've got my mistress that no one knows about yet. Um, Multiple mistresses. Panthers are up. I can go talk to my daughter. This might win Panthers me. Panthers are up. Were they winning? I don't remember. Probably. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, like it probably. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I, I bet Buddy wouldn't have went down there. But yeah, he was like, yeah, probably, probably earned me some points. He's just the perfect good old boy Texas booster in a suit. Looks like a used car. He. He nailed, they nailed every part of his character. Of course, he's a used car salesman. Like, <laughs> yeah. Of course, he has a daughter that's the head cheerleader. Of course, he does. It's it's all very, it, it's all very believable. Yeah, I think they cast pretty much. They pretty much perfectly cast every role in the show, so far. The right? main like, ones. I mean, one character that we did not make the top five, but I think probably would have been my number six nominee is, is um, Scott Porter who plays Jason street. Yeah. I mean, he's for, for, he, wait, for best actor. Yeah. I mean, he's up and down. And I was going to say like, he, he has some rough moments. Yeah. I mean, he, he's up and down for sure, but there, you know, there's not that many. I mean, it's him and Zach Guilford are probably the only other two male leads left. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, well, we'll save this for the next category. Anyway. Right. I mean, Mika Kelly nailed it. The guy who plays Tim Riggins nailed it. Um, even, like, Saracen's grandma is very believable. To just get back to this idea that, like, you yeah. have to have believable actors and actresses in place for the roles that you want. Like, Tyra is the woman who plays her is incredibly believable. Is, is Tyra Collette. Julie. Julie is... The perfect... Maybe a little young. No, I think she's perfect you for this. think she's perfect? I, I mean, I think it's just, it's, I don't say a lot of good things about Julie, but yeah. they pa- casted her perfectly. I don't know. She's spoiler alert. She's not in my top four best actress nominees. That's fine. She's still a little brat. I'm, I'm I, I just not think a fan it, of her. I, I think if they had to do it over again, maybe you close the perceived age gap between Tyler, Tyra and Julie, considering yeah. how much that relationship matters. It just looks like it, it makes it look like Tyra's like her, older sister by about four years yeah it doesn't help the tyra looks like she's in college though already to my point yeah. yeah i mean you want to balance that out a little bit and i think the actors I, if i was going to change one of them i would change julie to be a little bit older rather than tyra to be younger agreed so, agreed um who's your winner man i think i'm going i think i'm going brad leland here i i did I take it? Did I take it from you? The, no, I, I mean, like so I, I like writ. That's the name that I wrote down first. Um, when I like when you told me five minutes before we started recording <laughs> that we were doing this, and you said we're doing a best actor, Brad was the first one to come to mind. 
And I feel like that was, yeah. and the more we talked about it, I was like, yeah, it's kind of affirming my choice. I don't mean to steal your thunder here. No, yeah. I mean, that that was the guy that I'd written down one, but I was, the whole time we've been talking, I've been waffling between him, Kyle Chandler, and, and Gaius Charles. I think those are the clear top three. And I would have Jesse Plemons fourth. Yeah. I just total oversight on my part on not including Jesse Jesse Plemons in the initial That's all right. nominees. But um, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm good with Brad Leland being the tailor-made best actor of season one. Congratulations, Brad. And uh, we've actually got Brad here to patch him up. <laughs> we do this not have Brad is, This is bigger than you and me, Eric. <laughs> this is about the tailor-made podcast. <laughs> Brad, how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about winning this award? Where does it rank in your in, among your lifetime achievements? You listen here, son. Nothing will ever top the Panthers winning the nineteen eighty eight state championship. Okay, <laughs> I can only do it when he's like a little bit mad. <laughs> That's the only time I can really. It's Brad, not even that great as it is. But buddy, what are what are your other two children's names? Do you know them? Do you care? Panther and Dylan. (laughs) It would be perfect if Buddy named one of his kids Dylan Garrity. (laughs) I I honestly am a little bit upset that they didn't do that. Can you do any other impressions or are you only a Buddy? We'll see. I I think I do Saracen decent from time to time. Well, Saracen's not going to win any awards today, so I need you to... (laughs) You're going to have to do... uh, You're going to have to do, like, somebody else here. Um, All right, Best Actress. (laughs) Nominees. Dana Wheeler-Nicholson, who plays Angela Collette. Asha Davis, who plays Waverly. Wait, Angela Collette, the mother? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Took a second for that to register in my head. Go on. Yeah, I think she's top four. Okay. Uh, Asha Davis, who plays Waverly. Adrian Palicki. Adrian Palicki, who plays Tyra. And Connie Britton, who plays Tammy Taylor. Dun-dun-dun. Is there anybody else? Um, I don't think Minka... Like, Minka Kelly... I wouldn't include Minka Kelly. Yeah, I was going to say, like, she was my fifth, and I was like, no, she doesn't deserve to be here. Yeah, she's... Um, not the actress who plays Julie. I don't think deserves to be here. Um, the actress who plays Saracen's grandma is probably not on the show enough. No, but I do think that she does really well. Yeah, no, she does. And she actually, she's a nominee in her for, spots. for a later award that I've got written down here. She is going to be a nominee, I'm excited. but, um, there's really not a whole lot of female leads in this ensemble that I, I noticed. I mean, I mean, because Julie, you know, if we're not including Julie and Lila, it's uh, it's pretty tough to to get anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like as much as the, I mean, it's a show about a football team. That's fair. And, and well, no, it's it was, also a soap opera. Well, I was gonna say, I, fe- I, do, I do feel like a lot of the uh, actresses probably dominate the storylines as far as the first half of the season goes, and then. Outside of you know a few things, obviously, but I think in the last part of this of this season, I feel like the writers like we probably should include football somewhere. <laughs> we should probably yeah. get some football in this. Yeah, and because I I I, th- I do think that there's quite a bit of uh, um, 
quite a few women's issues um, in kind of the early parts, and that's what kind of separates itself as far as you know what the what the movie was to to what this is. It's just you know you you delve more into the issues of what's going on in this town. But yeah, um, I mean Connie Britton carries a lot of weight, right? Yeah, I mean she she carries a lot of the burden of connecting different characters and just just being awesome. And a lot of that for, I mean, what, what she is as a character is Tammy Taylor yeah. involving herself. Yeah. Um, not like just knowing obviously. when to involve herself. Yeah. I mean, and, the, the only time that she really overstepped the whole first season was when she like, and it wasn't even really her fault, but she told, she like forbid Julie from seeing Tyra. Mm-hmm. And then Julie told Tyra and that offended Tyra because of course it did. Always but fun. then she even like she was still able to smooth that over. So Yeah. Um I mean she has a pretty good way of I guess not avoiding conflict but yeah. minimizing it. I don't think this show happens if they don't have like a dominant coach's wife, great actress. Like I don't think yeah. this makes it to 5 seasons without Connie Britton. No, cuz then it's just kind of boring. Yeah. I mean, without if she was just, um, if she was just like a, a pushover or yeah. was just kind of a quiet character, I don't think we'd yeah we'd enjoy this show. As You'd much. need a lot more football. Which to be to be fair, I'd rather take Connie Britton and Tammy he, Taylor. Of course, the the football scenes in the show are terrible. Like I mean, they're yeah. they're good for like dramatic effect, and you know, I'm rewatching it. Like there are a lot of football scenes where. I was on the edge of my seat because I couldn't exactly remember what was happening. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, like nobody's appears to be a good football player. Like Matt Harrison has a terrible arm, you know, pretty bad run the option play with 15 seconds left from the 50 yard line. Tough look. They just, they, they do a lot of things wrong. And so it would be, it's, it's great that they don't have to spend more than like five minutes an episode on, on football stuff. Wholeheartedly agree on that. Um, Adrian Palicki. It's Tyra. I don't. I don't know how to pronounce this actress. That's name. fine. We can call her Tyra. Yeah. Uh, or Adrian. 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 There's an E at the end. Is that Adrian? It's not Adriana. No. We can just call Tyra. Well, I'm gonna give credit to the actress. We we said we said her name. Yeah. Okay. Um. Awesome. Best best child. Not a child, child. actor. Best teenage. She's 35. <laughs> <laughs> she has sex with an oil worker in episode two. <laughs> And somehow a high school sophomore. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, also, this, also somehow the same age as Julie Taylor. But no, she, outstanding. I think her and Gage Charles are the best uh, high school kid actors on the show by a lot. Um, she has chemistry with everybody. She has chemistry with Taylor Kitsch. She has chemistry with Jesse Plemons. Um, she's even decent with uh, with Matt Saracen. She's great with Tammy. Um her and her, and her mom's relationship is, is pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, she's, once again, kind of like a lot of these characters, is given a lot more opportunity to show her range. Yep. And we get a lot of Tyra as whether it be in a very serious, dramatic role, or she can be a bit of a comic relief to, you know, just kind of busting someone's balls, for, yep. for instance, uh, which she likes to do. Um, but a very strong woman and a very I think well written character as far as she has so much depth 
And I don't really think we've explored, like we haven't even got to the depths of who she is as a person yet. And it's just such a fun ride to watch. I mean, I mean, there's just no way. I don't think there's anybody else on the show that could have gone through what she did with the attack. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and really just crushed the performance of it and made it like, I mean, we weren't on the internet in 2005 that, you know, we should have been, (laughs) should have been, I guess. I mean, I wonder what the, if this show had aired in 2019, I think the conversation around, you know, that scene and that episode would have been impactful and meaningful. And that doesn't happen without, and it, I think it's still impactful and meaningful to, to, to think back and reflect on it, you know, 15 years later, but, and that doesn't happen without her performance. Yeah. I definitely don't say this is an insult. I think there would be so many think pieces on the ringer, like Vox, Vox, uh, the Atlantic would have one. Yep. Every major outlet would have a think piece about this and praising, uh, I think her performance. I, and I wish that was the case, uh, because she deserves it. She is one of the characters. I don't probably think we talk about enough in the whole Friday night lights universe as far as, or the Friday Night Lights fandom. Yeah. It's still weird. Yeah, Tim Riggins is stand more than Tyra Collette. I can't relate. Spencer, by the way, has posters in here of of uh, cancel Tim Riggins. What? Just posted about. No, he does not. Joe was like looking up at my walls and I was wondering what no, he was about it's, to say. It's just a bunch of like very cute decor that. And like photos. You're getting married soon. You're you're about to understand. You know, people people give you cutesy, uh, you know, sayings oh. to hang on your walls, and uh, you, you put them up. You should know of me, of all people. I, I am not making fun of you. I'm just looking around and observing everything. Uh, but um, Spencer, you've got a great place here. I just want to put that out there on this I episode. It, man. Anyway, um, Asha Davis. I also don't know if I'm pronouncing it's A A. S H A. Am I almost, and I think she plays a central central part to a lot of key plots, but is she in the show enough? So again, if I don't include her, if I don't include Tyra's mom, yeah, like there's only, this is, I mean, there's only a, this is between Tyra and Tammy, right? Like the actresses who played them just, just want to throw a little, a little nominee and a little nomination out to honor, honor the other women who I think did well in the show. Honorable mention. Yeah. No, I think she kind of is a great counterpart to smash as far as, and obviously they date, so that's good. Um, but like, I mean, she does such a good job of not only balancing out smash, but also has so much to her personality that is just very fun and, you enjoy hearing her talk, or at least I do. Um, she's smart and thoughtful in what she says. And I think she does really um, key in on that aspect of herself. Um, I'm, I'm curious what you think of some of her, I guess, more um, emotional scenes that she's put together. Yeah. I mean, so there there's, we get, there's two Waverly's, right? Like there's the first half of the season, or at least the first half of Waverly where, you know, happy go lucky. And she's kind of making smash work for her a little bit. And, and isn't yeah. really told us anything quite a bit about right. the stuff that she's dealing with. No, the only thing that the only seed that's been planted that we have, you know, that we think there might be something more here is like she didn't go to Africa, right? Which yeah. we find out later. Which personally, I was just like, I kind of skimmed over that when when Smash said like people who go to Africa usually talk about it all the time. I'm like, 
I mean, it's kind of a good thing that she's not. Just, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, yeah. Is that like a, a small stat or you know a little jab at mission? People work, who go on know? mission trips yeah. just only talk about their mission trips. For, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like it's a, it's like I feel like kind of dirty like making fun of those people because like you know it's really you know the the people that do go on mission trips and do good stuff like that's a great thing of course yeah um and i think you do kind of buy yourself a little bit of time to like be like yeah this is what i did yeah um but you got to keep going on mission trips i'm not hating on it i'm wondering if the show was <laughs> oh no i mean I yeah yeah the writers yeah there's probably one of the writers just got broken up by um a, a man or woman who goes on a lot of mission trips and you're like man just i hate her just talks about her all the time no so yeah that's the first way really that we see um and then and also within that is her essentially telling smash to be an activist right like i think yeah. that's an important like an important role that Waverly plays is getting Smash and the other African-American players to turn on Mac McGill, essentially, and, you know, threaten to sit out and exercise their, their rights in that way. I mean, that, that was an important thing. And then, obviously, the second half of her character is the, I believe it's bipolar, right? I mean, they, they outlined it on the yeah. show that she uh, is bipolar, and I think she played it pretty well, especially considering, um, you know, the standards for how much people understood about that disorder in 2005. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just it's mental health issues in general. Now. Yeah. It's less than it is now. And I think she played it with enough complexity. I mean, I yeah. think she did well. I do want to point out, and I think this is kind of important for um, what Tyra do, what Tyra does and what Tammy does. There aren't a lot of female leads on this yeah. show. Not, not nearly as many as there are uh, male leads, yeah. but, I think at the same time that it's just a testament to the, I guess, strong women in this town that kind of unlock the better out of people. Cause yeah. I think that there's for every guy in this show, there's, um, th- there's a female counterpart usually, whether that be romantic or not, um, that really helps them become better people. For sure. Um, and, kind of puts and the one thing that wasn't great about the movie Friday Night Lights and it was based on a true story and whatnot um, was that there wasn't really much complexity to to any of the female characters there and there they weren't they definitely weren't like um, asserting their authority or um, I guess having any type of impact on anyone and I love that the show explores that more and it brings I guess more of a modern, because the movie is based on like the eighties, uh, uh, like a, a football season in the eighties. But yeah, the show does a really good job of bringing it into more modern times and a little bit ahead of its time as far yeah. as just having like really kind of strong female characters. And maybe this is kind of when it's started shifting. I feel like female leads are more normal than anything now. It's not even like a yeah issue. But I mean, yeah, it's hard to have a show without. A female or you know a male lead but too, you just but. You, you have shows though where there's just female leads but you don't really think of it as like oh it's a it's a woman's show but it's yeah. it's not there's just a show big little lies was awesome yeah it's it's uh it, and it was oh what's the name of the guy that's in big little lies there's only one bit essentially uh he's in parks and rec is adam um scott yes adam scott i was gonna just watch step brothers last night adam scott's great in it. adam scott and then it's like 
you know, and then Catherine Newton, their daughter, and then it's like five of the best female actresses of all time. But do we want to talk about Angela Collette? I think so. Yeah, Dana Dana Wheeler Nicholson. It's a long name. It's I mean it's hyphenated Wheeler Nicholson. D W N D D W. Yeah, there we go. Just call her W. W. <laughs> um, why? And I, maybe you're just filling out space here, but. I think she deserves it. I mean, she plays a pretty big role. She blows up the Garrities. Um, <laughs> she, she has. To, she does. She has to deal with a bunch of male issues uh, in terms of Bob and uh, and Buddy, and then you know potentially others. And then um, I mean, we've got this. We've got the scene where she's like, you know, talking about going back to Bob, but after they've got a flat tire, I think she's really good in that. I think she's a really good whenever she's like trying to sabotage Tyra, the actress, not the actions, but you know, does a good job of selling that. I, th- I think she plays an important role. She does. Um, I guess kind of like my thing with Waverly is like, I don't know if she's in enough and is yeah. maybe not central enough, but I do think as far, and maybe that's more of a debate we should be having with best characters and whatnot. But I do think as far as, actresses go that she is and i mean really anyone on the show male or female um she's she's really good at what she does for sure very believable and you know i i would say that just as far as kind of this we get this fun juxtaposition of parental approaches between kind of everyone in the show that has some type of uh some type, some type of like mother or father figure in their lives, and so it's. I mean, it's kind of good to, I guess, see that represented. And yep. uh, I don't know. I think she she definitely plays an interesting role. I I didn't want to say that like she's not necessary to the plot. She definitely elevates it, though. Definitely elevates it. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, who's necessary? Like, I th- I think I, in a previous episode I complained about them not really giving Tyra enough to do. And if they're not giving Tyra early enough on, to do, you you yeah. were very critical. And if you know if you're not giving Tyra enough to do, you're definitely not giving Tyra's mom enough to do. But I think in the second half of the season, she was in enough. I mean, you know? if this is a twelve season or twelve episode season, probably she, somewhat of Angela's cut out. Yeah, maybe her entire character. Maybe Tyra. You know, maybe they don't even cast this role. You know, of Tyra's mother. Yeah, I mean. Maybe not. I was going to say, like, you kind of need everything that happens to Angela um, to be there for ty- the yeah. for Tyra's character development. Um, so maybe she is central, more central than I, th- I give her credit for. I, I would just say that, yeah, I mean, th- having Dana Wheeler-Nicholson and Asha Davis in here is almost as much of a criticism of Minka Kelly and, and uh, Amy T. Garden as it is, like, praise for what those the two women that I included is yeah like these should be this should be um, Lila and Julie right and it's it's not because they're children like <laughs> they're children and these you know Waverly is also young but I think she was probably older than Mika Kelly at this stage probably more experienced and maybe had less to do but I think she crushed what you know you can only play who's on your schedule yeah that's all you can do you can just play who's on your schedule so who do you give it to? I mean, it's it's a tough loss for Adrian Palicki because I mean, this it's Connie Britton. Yeah, just any other season. 
I mean, I just, <laughs> any other year, Tyra would have had it. No, I mean, it has to be Connie Britton if we're going overall best actor, including you know the male and female leads. It's it's Connie Britton for me um, over Bradley Leland. I, I think again, I, I don't think this show happens if they don't get that role right, and they nailed it, and she nailed it, and we get five seasons of this awesome show because of it. It's the it's the difference between landing a five star and a four star. Three star with a five star heart. Okay. By the way, I love how you said like, uh, "Let's knock this out in fifty minutes." Fifty minutes, and it's oh no, it's five o'clock already. It's, we're, we've been we've been talking. We're we're fine. We're fine. We're good. Joe has to go cover uh, high school some, football. Some, some some high school football game. <laughs> well, we're, we're talking about a different high school football game. Um, you, does Tyler listen to this? Your boss? Uh, he's expressed interest. <laughs> <laughs> that's a no <laughs> he said i'm thinking about it <laughs> and i'm i'm getting around to it i love tyler Me we too. need to bring him on to, I, I'm he down. likes he likes friday night lights anytime um all right we can roll through the rest of these pretty quickly i think um best heat check performance i've got four four nominees written down there's probably more that I'm not thinking of, especially early in the season. I'm probably a little bit of recency bias. Of course, I have Bo Miller. I have Saracen's grandma. I have Herc. And I have, who's, uh, is it Slammin' Sammy B? Who's the radio guy? Uh, Slammin' Sammy. Slammin' Sammy. I think he, I think he gets a nomination. <laughs> Just yeah. because he has so much influence on Coach Taylor's life, you know. I guess, Mac, is Mac McGill, is Mac McGill here? No. No. By no means. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, honestly, we probably should have talked about Herc in the best actor category. If Angela's mom can be best actress, the guy who plays Herc could be the best actor. It's just the, as far as male actors go, it's just stacked. It's really stacked. Um, and that's not discredit to the, the, the female actresses on the show, but like, it's just, um, as yeah. far as the storylines go, just, they're given like a lot of the male leads are given a whole lot more to do. Herc yep. Herc does come up in his spots, and um, I have a very like I'm, I've my mind's made up on who I think deserves this. Um, and it, did I name the person? Yeah, no. Okay. Of the nominees, I mean, it's like Bo Miller, right? It's it's got to be it's Bo, Bo Miller. Miller. <laughs> He's so good. Anytime he comes on screen, you're you just happy. Yeah, yeah, and you just it's like he. For being as young as he is, and he's actually a child. He's literally a child. He's l- quite literally. I mean, him and Julie are probably the same age, right? <laughs> God. Compared to Tyra. That would be bad. <laughs> um, but no, um, Bo, what, what he provides as far as... And this is kind of... He found this same kind of niche in The Blind Side. I feel yeah. like in The Blind Side, he's just Bo Miller again, <laughs> even though he's based on a real. P- I haven't I, seen that movie in a while. And he, yeah, he's the actor who plays Bo Miller is S.J. Tui in The Blind Side. I honestly feel like the Blind Side directors were like, just do Bo Miller. And then yeah. he was like, okay, I can do that. Yeah. I can be Bo Miller. Yeah. It was like, but do it with this other football player. And they're like, okay, I can, <laughs> I can do it with that football player too. I should do it with Tim Riggins. I can do it with this guy. Um,. Yeah, I mean, it's it's between Bo Miller and Herc, I think. Saracen's grandma, we have the dementia scene, which is heartbreaking. And, you know, she's she has some other good moments. But mostly she's just, like, something for Landry to do. And also <laughs> like just... Matt's on a date or something. She is really funny, though. Uh, no, she's great, yeah. And the, that's one thing that is probably understated in the show and something I didn't really realize until 
re-watching it for this podcast was how funny it is. It's just like there's a lot of jokes sprinkled of, in. And a lot of just like cringe funny, but also like legitimately funny things. Um, like Saracen's grandma, whenever they're picking her up to go to the state championship game and she sees Tyra and she said, you got the booze? <laughs> like to a 17. The, the way people talk to Tyra in this show is incredible. Because <laughs> they know she's 47 <laughs> years old. <laughs> um. I'm actually going with Herc. Oh, wow. It's the first time we're disagreeing. I think he plays... We've not talked about Jason Street really at all on this podcast. Um, but I think Herc plays such an integral integral role in what, you know, his life, basically, moving forward. I guess all the, like, homophobic <laughs> comments that Herc makes... I'm blaming the writers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly... Mostly, I, mean, I mean, I guess it's Bo Miller if you think Herc is in the show too much for this. And I could accept that argument. I mean, Herc is in quite a bit. If there, if you want to talk about pure efficiency, because... It's Herc. Bo... Well, no. Well, I was going to say... it's Bo Miller still? He, he gets like, what, three episodes? And he's great in all of them. I feel like Herc doesn't... I, I feel like Herc didn't miss any pitches either. Like, he was, he was pretty good as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm saying like I, I, what I'm saying is like Hurt got a whole lot more opportunities to knock him out of the park. That's true. And Bo, for what he's given, yeah, maybe that. I mean, maybe that's a credit to Hurt is that yeah. like he delivered every time he was on screen. Um, agree to disagree. Um, man, we got to roll through this here. Fifteen minutes. Uh, best scene. I've got seven of them written down. Um. If they can hear you, they will believe in you. The scene that play that is in our intro, that's probably going to be my pick. Um, <laughs> Herc's first tough love scene with Jason, I think, is really good, um, where he, you know, basically forces Jason to use his hands to slap a drink. Yeah, because he was so mad. Um, Riggins and Lila hooking up on the side of the road, just memorable. Not great, but memorable. Um, Oh, uh, Jason's dad explaining to Coach Taylor why he has to sue the school in that great monologue when they're sitting there at the, I think they're in a convenience store. I think it's like a hardware store. Hardware store or something, yeah. Um, the black players walking out on practice after Mac McGill said the racist stuff and then dismissed what, you know, basically dismissed Smash and said, don't whine about it anymore. Yeah. Um, powder puff game with Landry refing. <laughs> And I'm also going to loop in uh, Matt picking Julie third and then uh, the scene where Tyra and uh, her mother are on the side of the road and Tyra's like, if we don't fix this tire right now, we're screwed. Like, yeah. we, we cannot call Bob. Like, we're totally, we're, we're done. So those are my seven. Do you have any other? Um, I think uh, to an extent that the um, the, the the Matt – kind of it's i guess it's not so much a scene but as a as much as a sequence but the whole them going through like vandalizing the oh ri- the, the quarterback car i thought yeah and then like then hit them giving it back to him yeah um is just more it's just memorable because it's a very funny matt moment as yeah. far as just like he gets the first punch in and you know he's just even as he's about to get his ass beat he's just cracking jokes and yep. just like well i'm gonna lose this fight anyway um also another match scene that i want to bring up the the fight with his dad in the parking lot um 
whenever his dad's like, you can play, you can play football anywhere, you know, and he says, go to hell, dad. And then he goes back to the Taylor house. That is a really good scene. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say as, as much as we talked about smash, um, he has some really great moments as far as like, um, between him and his mother, uh, just as far as, well, I wouldn't really call them monologues, but yeah. just, just very passionate exchanges about, uh, saying like, you know, like, like her telling him he doesn't need to take steroids and smash just unloading all these feelings about like, there's not going to, I'm like, my future is going to fall apart by yeah. like you telling coach that like I'm taking steroids and stuff like yeah. that. So I think that there's a lot of good stuff there. The, the, the scene of them walking out is uh, practice is really powerful. Yep. Um, I do think though, at the core of what Friday night lights is our intro yep. music or theme is, uh, I think that's it. I think that's probably the best scene. It's, it, we're it, biased, obviously. Well, like if you were to show anyone, if you were like, show me one scene of Friday Night Lights, try to sell me on this. I would, yeah. I would show them that scene. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had a couple other things written down here, but I think, I mean, worst storyline that was mostly a joke because there's only one bad storyline, and it's that smashed us steroids. <laughs> um, things you won't forget, things that I won't forget. I won't forget that Landry Clark narked to the strip club to the cop at the strip club. And I will not forget that Tim Riggins has so far done nothing worthy of being stand by the Friday Night Lights community. That's quite. A- Those are two things that I will not forget about season one. Um, the absurdity of the mud bowl is always going to stick with yep. me. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a good one. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's very like made for TV, but my God, is it corny? Um, it's so bad. Um, but you know. Good on them. Uh, but uh, anyway. Yep. That's that's really all I can think about with that. Yeah. That was mostly a joke category. Um, we're going to round out this podcast by ranking our top five and our worst five characters and thus naming an MVP and LVP of the season. Oh, boy. I'll do mine first. Or I'll, well, let's just let's just go back and forth. Best. Uh, let's do worst first. My number five worst character is Matt's dad. I th- I think that's pretty easy. Yeah. And he's he, in the top five, but he's not like the most destructive. He's just an awful, like, or not awful, but just, I mean, you could say he's awful, but he's just the least compassionate, the least caring person. Not a great acting choice either. I mean, I guess they're trying to display somebody that's kind of not all the way here. I was going to say, like, he seems very dead inside. Yeah. Um, Which is probably in 2006 like what the average you know or what the perception was of a military man who's been going through this for the last 20 years yeah. and after 9 post 9-11 and all those wars and stuff yeah surprise caster wasn't your first choice he wasn't in the show enough <laughs> i did think about <laughs> yeah he got beat up for something that's he didn't a, do and got another, forced another, out of the show that's another thing that i won't forget is that caster sucks um <laughs> Number four, uh, Street. Uh, street cheats on. Or wait, no. What's your number five? Do you have a? You have a. I'm gonna let you go down your list. Go down my list. Okay. Street is my number four. Um, he just doesn't make a whole lot of good decisions. He's very. And, and granted, he's got a tough set of circumstances here, but I don't know. I, I think that he. Uh, I don't know. Not my favorite character. 
He cheated on Lila after, you know, she cheats on him, and we'll get to her in a minute, but. He's paralyzed. <laughs> a lot of things going on here. <laughs> it's hard for me to, like, be super upset with Jason. I, I'm just, you know, yeah, he's number four. He's not my least favorite. You should you definitely shouldn't cheat, um, yeah. but there's. It's not what it looks like. Yes, it is. It's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> There's some emotional cracks there in their relationship that you can see from the very beginning, but yeah, but yeah, he's as far as a he definitely there's a lot of fall from grace with Jason as far as just kind of yeah how he handles things, but also at the same time, it's I could see us or yeah. I I wouldn't be mad if we gave him a pass on some things. Number three, Lila, um, she cheated on her paralyzed boyfriend with his best friend she um i guess that's that's the end of that's the end of the list i, I think that's all that needs to be said minka kelly's just also as a character i just don't think she's the best actress yeah. and you know i'm not i'm not an actor i don't I, I don't know what she's going through on a daily basis i was with her in the gym putting up shots um but you i do with her I, I was not was not putting up oh, shots okay. with her in the gym um, but you know, I, I just think that she doesn't have the strongest performance and just her yeah. character overall is kind of annoying. Yeah. Uh, but you, you kind of need her. Riggins is my number two. He did nothing redeemable in the first season other than teaching Bill Miller how to fight. That's literally the only, which thing. even then you could kind of question like, yeah. <laughs> maybe there's some different actions we could do there. But, and like, then that's the thing is like, I, I forget that the mother, like, uh, Jackie, kind of takes to it so quickly. Yeah, she's I, like, okay, fine. Yeah, like, okay, cool. <laughs> Wait, yeah, you relate? <sighs> okay, fine. <laughs> and then she sleeps with a teenager. Um, number one, my LVP of the season, of course, it's Buddy Garrity. It has to be. How yeah. do you feel about How do you feel about being the LVP? No, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. I think that, and that's the thing I love about TV shows, and not to say that I like villains, and I don't think Buddy's really... He's he, like too... Um, what's the word? non-threatening oh yeah to be a villain it's folksy he's just he's kind of there what does buddy garrity think about being the lvp (laughs) put me on the spot (laughs) you listen to me eric (laughs) i was the mvp of the 1988s they didn't hand out mvps okay i gave it to myself i earned it i was the mvp of this season I, I can't say it's, it's just not great. Oh my God. Um, top five best. Do you agree with that list? Is there anybody else on the bad side that you would add in? I feel like Julie is probably not. Mac McGill. Mac could have, I, I could see switching out street for Mac. I honestly probably would. That's just me though. That's probably fine. I'm, I agree mostly, mostly with your list. I don't think I, I don't know if I'd put Street in my top five though of worst or my bottom five I guess. That's probably fair. <laughs> Spencer looks so disappointed. I'm just I don't know. I'm trying to remember what my justification was when I wrote that down and it's 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 gone. Well, Max racist, but Jason did kiss that one girl. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> what are we gonna do, boys? <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, Mac McGill's in the top five. Welcome to the bottom five. Heck yeah. Mac McGill. Uh, top five characters. I've got a contro- controversial pick at number five. Okay. I've got Landry Clark at number five. Is that, How's that controversial? I just I, I think some people might think that it's too low. I think he's definitely in the top five. Yeah. 
I I want to hear your other four first. Um, number four, I have Tyra. Number three, I have Coach Taylor. Number two, I have Matty Ice. And number one, I have, I have Tammy. See the thing, like I think it's fair to put him at five then. Okay. Because I think if you if it if it was one of those things where like you're given two options, you're like pick between them. Yeah. I don't think I'd pick Landry over any of those people. That's fair. Unless you're just like a huge Landry Clark stan above all else. Which if you are, I want to meet you. <laughs> because some... we do have a Landry Clark fan club and we do meet on Tuesdays at five. <laughs> Don't we meet on Fridays whenever we record this podcast? Is that not, is this not? This is a different Clark? fan club. It's you're different. not a part of it. Oh, wow. Okay. We all dress up in do our I favorite have... Landry Clark costumes. Do I have to be nicer to cast? Is Caster in the club? Yeah, I'm... you're not allowed because you hate Caster and we love Caster. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Um, We're the Fandry Clarks. Tyra, I just think, is a no-brainer here. Um, just an awesome female character um, in terms of just, like, being independent. and Not revolutionary for this show in the time frame in which it was shot, but certainly more rare than it is now. Yeah, I, I was, I mean, to what I was talking about earlier, I feel like Tyra is what just, like, is our norm now as far as, like, seeing female leads in shows just... Yeah. It's just pretty pretty normal at this point. Yeah. Coach and Matt Saracen at three and two, they're just in the show so much. And you know, we talked about the the uh, the concept of legend building uh, throughout the uh, the first season here. And I, I think both those two characters are just have just been built up so much by the first season. They have some ups and downs, but um, overall, pretty much a hundred percent approval rating for those characters. And then again, Tammy, she just the show doesn't happen without Tammy Taylor. It's a horrible it's a very different show without tammy and how she can interact with the football team and her students and her family and everything else that goes on with that she carries a lot of water and she's my mvp i would agree i think tammy is steals the show quite a bit um as far as being it's a football show but i think that it her choices, I guess, kind of, or her her act, her, her acting and her character, I think, overshadow a lot of what probably a lot of people think the show might be about. Um, because she, the the one thing I love about Tammy is that even though, yeah, so, sometimes you know st- stuff gets a little corny. Yep. And there's you know a good feel good message at the end of an episode, but I think for the most part she does a really good job of balancing that out with. Still, you take her very seriously, and it doesn't feel too over the top corny. Sure. I guess. I think that's going to end the uh, the season one award show here. We appreciate you uh, hanging out with us. We're going to dive right into preparations for season two. Hopefully, season two will be better. You will not have a, a podcast in your feed for a couple weeks, though, as we uh, as we get back into the lab, get back into the gym, and uh, figuring out what what the rest of this podcast is going to look like. The off season uh, hopefully will treat us well. Yep, uh, we're going to be focused on our bodies and getting our minds right, mm-hmm. putting the hay in the barn, and then we'll be back. We appreciate you all who are already listening to the show. If you uh, want to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, helps get the word out about the show. You know, tell your Friday Night Live fans, friends, of course, um, about about the podcast because we have a good time here, and we hope you guys do as well. For sure. All right, Joe. Clear eyes, full hearts. Can't. Loose. Look at.